Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 187 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. Australia comprehensively beat India in a third test at Indore and in the process managed to qualify for the final of the World Test Championship. The Aussies led by Steve Smith outclassed India in all the departments and registered a dominant victory. Now the victory in Indore has surely boosted the morale of the Australian team. Team India will have to be at their absolute best to beat this Australian side in Ahmedabad. It will be interesting to see how India bounces back from this defeat and what kind of strategy, you know, they adopt in the final match of the series. The fourth and the final test match certainly promises to be a cracker. on the podcast to join us for a discussion on the same we have suraj a lawyer by profession he has been an ardent fan of the game ever since india lifted the 2007 t20 world cup he has followed the sport with profound interest to its purest and longest format and believes that test cricket has been the driving force behind ensuring that the sport does not remain a bare contest between the bat and the ball Hi Suraj, welcome to uh, Never on the Backfoot podcast. First things first, how are you doing today? Hi Neha, thank you for having me. Firstly, and yeah, I'm doing great. I'm eager to get this podcast going. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, you know, talking about the uh, third test it was obviously a tough one, right, for India, considering they were uh, on the losing side. But I think Australia really deserves to be lauded, you know, for the kind of performance uh, they put in. Now they were already missing their uh, skipper Pat Cummins, but uh, you had Steve Smith stand in as uh, the skipper, and he led them admirably, right? So, what are your thoughts on you know his performance as uh, skipper in this test match? Right, right. Firstly, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to Pat Cummins and his family as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it must be a tough time, right? But uh, with regards to Steve Smith as captain, I mean, he just did a tremendous job. It was absolutely perfect in terms of captaincy, and I think he took all his experience of the 2017 tour, uh, along with the uh, sole win in Pune as well, and he got all that experience and he put it into this Test match, which was great to see. Absolutely, and uh, even when we focus on this test, now we uh, now India has played two test matches here, and uh, we ended up winning them. You know, both by massive margins. But uh, this time around, we saw how the curators, uh, you know, prepared a pitch that was nothing else but like a prime example of probably experimentation, right? And the pitch had a mixture of like red soil and black soil, but it just ended up being awkward for everybody uh, playing on the soil. Now you could see how a total of like fourteen wickets fell on the first day, and on the second day again we saw sixteen. Wickets fall. So, uh, what are your initial observations and uh, takeaways from that pitch at Indore? Right. So, firstly, I think the discussion boils down to what exactly red soil and black soil are, and mm-hmm. when there's a mixture of two. So, if you take for example red soil, there's a lot of bounce which it offers. For example, the one KD pitch, and whereas the black soil offers much. lesser bounce and perhaps like it, it's it's much more on the lower side yeah right balls keep low as well and so when there's a mixture of the two like you said it just creates that awkward situation where the batsman batter is either he's not able he or she is not able to uh gauge the uh, length yeah. as to how to play that particular ball right hmm. and so that that's that's definitely the awkwardness in the pitch and the second thing is i think also with regard to this particular uh, uh, pitch 
the curators didn't exactly have the time to prepare it because they were given the late notice considering mm-hmm. the match was supposed to be taking place in Dharamshala. But it ended up being changed last minute. And so I do understand where the curators are coming from, but definitely, like, this pitch is definitely not conducive for any test match for that matter because it gives an unfair advantage and a lot of mm-hmm. it, to be honest, to, to the bowling side. Right. And uh, many felt, you know, India didn't uh, leverage the opportunities and literally let go uh, of, you know, all the advantage they had to Australia as well. Because now India has suffered, what, just their third loss uh, loss at home in the past decade. And uh, the series now stands at a precarious 2-1-2, right? So, how do you think uh, the last test will unfold and can India actually crawl their way back and, you know, ensure a 3-1 victory? Right. Actually, this is one thing I'm really excited for because... The Border Gavaskar Trophy has always lived up to its expectations and its traditions of ensuring there's a thrilling series, whether mm-hmm. it be the Eden Gardens comeback in 2001 or the Pune win in 2017 or the recent Gabba Theatrics as well. So, I'm eagerly waiting for the fourth test. And I don't, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm happy for it. Like, I feel like it's, I don't know what to expect of it, but... I know for a fact that it's going to be a thrilling end to the series as well. <laughs> right. And uh, even, you know, uh, let's like start off our discussion with even uh, India's uh, first innings, right? Now, getting dismissed uh, for a paltry 109 was obviously not ideal. Now, we saw how none of the batters uh, showed any intent. And even the lower middle order and the tail enders, you know, often uh, help India out of uh, the tricky situations and observation through this uh, test series as well, did not show any restraint. And they too, you know, were not able to get those crucial runs. So, what exactly went wrong there? I I think the answer lies in application of mind, to be honest. Mm. Because they were either overly aggressive in their approach. For example, you take Shreyas Ayers batting, which is, which is good, the way he batted. But it was overly aggressive and that led to his downfall. Mm-hmm. And, or for that matter, an excessively defensive approach. Where in such type of rank turners, there's always going to be a ball with your name on it. Mm-hmm. So, you have to find that middle ground which India failed to do in that first innings. Uh, and I feel the answer lies to laying down that perfect balance between the aggressive approach and the defensive approach. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I have to take uh, moments from this match itself, then that would be uh, Virat's sound judgment of the line and length. Mm-hmm. To be able to gauge immediately when the ball has been has left the bowler's hand, to be able to gauge whether to go on the back foot or whether to go on the front foot, and that coupled with Ayers, uh, Shreyas Ayers' aggressive approach, in order to survive and ensure you score big, because again, like I said, you cannot only defend; you have to take advantage of that uh, loose delivery and uh, the loose ball which is being bowled and. Only then the scoreboard will also be moving. But that did not happen in the first innings and they did not apply their mind to that effect and eventually they got bundled out for 109. And one more thing, uh, what like I mean, what I've observed is like mm-hmm. rank turners for that matter, they just level out the playing field. Yeah. For example, in Ahmedabad 2021 against England or in Pune in 2017 against Australia. So, yeah, Mm. there has to be a balance in the approach. 
Absolutely. And I think one of the uh, chief architects of, you know, India's downfall has to be Matt Kuhneman, right? Now, he was uh, brilliant in scalping those uh, five wickets on debut. You also had uh, Nathan Lyon, you know, showing why he belongs here with those uh, three wickets as well. So how would you rate uh, that bowling performance? Again, a spin-dominant show? Right. Firstly, uh, I left arm orthodox spinner and uh, India have never <laughs> ended up <laughs> in a good state. So, yeah. Yeah, they've always taken... Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing to watch the way he was bowling. He took a leap out of Jadija's discipline, mm-hmm. to be honest. He en- he just kept coming at the batsman, bowling those perfect line, middle and, middle and off, and into the batsman. So, so yeah, that was... That was really uh, good to watch, and I mean, he deserved the five wickets he got in the first innings. Mm-hmm. Whereas for Lion, I think there is nothing to be said. He has been there for so long, and he has done it time and time again. And he's like he's shown us why he is the he's one of the best spinners in the world out there. Because to be able to uh, get around more than two thirty wickets in Australia itself in those mm-hmm. conditions, when when the team is primarily going to go with four seamers hmm. uh so yeah that uh, that, that way our uh, line is i think the legend of the game and it's already is there to see absolutely he's so he's super underrated as well and you know it was really nice to see him uh, get into the flow and in the second innings we again saw the carnage he did but uh, when you look exactly. at australia too right now they also did not particularly have a good batting outing there uh, they got bundled out for 197 but uh, that batting effort did ensure they got a, a decent lead. But what for you stood out in that uh, batting effort? Um, if I have to compare it to the previous two tests and particularly the Delhi test, they did not fixate their mind only on one approach. What they did in Delhi was in the second innings, they decided heavy batsman is going to go for a sweep. Mm-hmm. And it was so shocking to see even Steve Smith go for a sweep when he rarely plays that shot. Yeah. So... So yeah, that the fact that they did not stick only on that one approach, and they actually did apply their mind to an extent, mm-hmm. and so they were able to get one eighty four odd. But eventually, they also like uh, they were not able to cope up with the uh, skill set that Jadeja and Ashwin had to offer. Mm-hmm. So eventually, they did get bundled out, but you could see glimpses that they were willing to, they were showing that positive intent and they were willing to correct their mistakes they did in Delhi. So, mm-hmm. yeah, although it was not a particularly batting, uh, particularly good batting effort, I still feel they, they did quite a good job considering they did get a lead, good lead and they ended up winning the match as well. So, in hindsight, it was uh, it was a decent batting effort compared to the previous two tests. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you because, you know, you're really trying to fight off the threat of Jadeja and Ashwin. Now, the duo again had a good outing with the ball. They scalped like three wickets and four wickets respectively. And Umesh Yadav was like an absolute, uh, you know, eye-opener because, you know, the pitch at him really uh, did suit his uh, bowling as well. But uh, were you satisfied with India's bowling performance? And did you still believe that, you know, India would have a better outing with the bat in their next innings? And, you know, the match was still on for something? Yeah, definitely. Like the Indian bowling has never disappointed me, to be honest. So mm-hmm. in the last in the last nine years, ever since uh, Virat took over as captain, and of course he's not the captain right now, but yeah, yeah. ever since he took over as the captain, their bowling has made major strides. And you can 
can see that from the fact that your seamers are performing are outmatching the opposition mm-hmm. on a rank turner and umesh yadav uh, getting the stumps to cartwheel a good meter <laughs> or two away right so yeah, yeah. that the fact that he's getting four wickets on on this type of pitch is is really great and it just shows that just shows the quality india have to offer with the ball mm-hmm. so uh, considering and they've also been taking 20 wickets consistently over several games so yeah. that was never really the problem to be honest so yeah uh, bowling performance good i would say it was excellent mm-hmm. and if we did have i was expecting if we did get a good lead we would have we would have perhaps won the game as well or we would have put it put in a good fight right i mean this series does look like you know the battle of uh, the bowlers rather than uh, that of the batters or an evenly uh, yeah. contested contest because now india's second innings was nightmare right getting out for 163 was again far from ideal we saw none of the batters uh, stand up and take responsibility except of course for uh, pujara who scored that uh, brilliant 59 but how disappointing again was that batting effort yeah it comes back to the same uh same answer i guess the that's the fundamental uh, flaw in their batting for the past 5 years mm-hmm. ever since ever since they decided to start making rank turners mm. it levels out the playing field and their batting has just absolutely uh, been dismantled by the opposition so mm. i mean also the fact that when you see your batting always hoping that the lower order will bail you out and it's not only the case in india in fact if you take for example our lords victory in england in 2021 mm-hmm. it was our lower order which bailed us out in the end yeah. right so so eventually like if you're expecting your lower order to always bail you out it won't it, there is definitely something you'll have to think about and mm-hmm. pujara's innings in the second innings of course it is an exception mm-hmm. but you don't get such uh, innings very often especially on such rank turners so it goes back to not having the right application of mind and the perfect balance between the aggressive and defensive approach for that matter right that's actually such a fair point uh, you bring in and you know we earlier also spoke about nathan lyon and how in the first innings he got those uh, three wickets that really got him into a rhythm and we saw this innings too he got like eight wickets he made, he made mince meat of uh, india's uh, batting so what did you make of uh, that bowling effort and you know he's always been a thorn no for india in fact i was just going to say that <laughs> <laughs> that he has yeah he has been a thorn in every uh, Bodega Oscar Trophy that he's been a part of, yeah. just like how Ash has been, Ashwin has been a thorn in Smith. Australia, side, yeah. right? <laughs> so yeah, it it was it was crazy. It was really mm. great to see him get eight wickets the second innings, mm. and yeah, although I would like credit uh, Lion as such, but I I would also discredit the Indian batters of for not <laughs> applying their mind. <laughs> So I mean, yeah. and yeah, sorry. Uh, just there was one particular uh example for for this mm-hmm. to prove that uh the Indian batters did not apply their mind. Right for the first innings, Pujara versus Lyon. Now, mm-hmm. in fact, Lyon has been a thorn in Pujara for several years now. Oh God, yeah, right? and <laughs> yeah, and you could see that in the first innings. As soon as Lyon got the ball, and he was going to bowl, he bowled it at around seventh or eighth stump, and it's. 
it spun to hit the middle end leg and pujara was nowhere his feet his footwork was nowhere he tried going front mm-hmm. then goes back and tries defending it even he's just going with the he's moving with the ball and eventually that led to his downfall there mm-hmm. so yeah i would definitely discredit the batters as well <laughs> as much as i would credit line Yeah, I mean, Nathan Lyon, you know, single-handedly paved the way for India's damage. Now, Australia easily chased down that modest uh, target of seventy-five. They clinched the sea. They, you know, clinched victory at uh, Indore as well. So, do you think that was an easy win? And many fans still believed, you know, uh, Ash and Jareja would come and really, uh, you know, take the match away from them. But uh, I think it was the application again, you know, shown by uh, Labushain and uh, Travis Head that helped them, right, secure the win. Exactly, but I would definitely not say it's a. It was an easy win mm-hmm. because in the first ten overs, Australia found it very tough to counter Ashwin and Jadeja. Mm-hmm. It was not at all. It was not at all easy to fend off those overs, and they did it. So kudos to them. But, uh, but also I think what really helped them was the break in play when Ashwin had requested for a change in the ball, mm-hmm. and then that helped. uh head and uh lavushin reassess the strategy and to go for an attacking approach had mm-hmm. that bre- break not taken place had had they continued probably with the older ball and i would not say the ball is at fault of course but i'm saying if that break as such hadn't taken place and they had just continued with the play then it would have definitely been a difficult chase in terms of mm-hmm. time spent to get that 75 because i still believe like With a target of seventy-five, it was Australia's game to lose. Yeah. So they would have definitely won it, but not easily as such. Right, and uh, I'm pretty sure you know after the test match, you must have also seen this discourse of how you know India's middle order batters have performed woefully. I mean, you know the statistics also speak for themselves. And on the other side, you see how Yashasvi Jaiswal is you know scoring runs for fun, and uh, Sarfraz uh, Khan also you know scoring so many runs, but he's not being included in the team. People have been giving random calls of getting Ajinkya Rahane back in the side, you know, to uh, strengthen the batting. So. Uh, do you think you know for the next test, India should uh, do something knee-jerk? You know, knee-jerk reaction would be getting in these youngsters into the uh, batting order, or should we just persist with the uh, same batting at least till the end of the series and then figure out a uh, uh, you know course of action? So actually, if I if I look at it that way, there definitely is something the management has to think about because the middle order as such is. uh has been a problem in terms of scoring runs for the past 3 years yeah and one reaction they did get out of one consequence was rahane's uh ousting from the indian team mm-hmm. right uh whereas pujara had also gone out but he did well in his county stint and he came back yeah but i think it's a very difficult decision because on one hand it's really tough to drop someone of the stature of uh Virat, for that matter, mm-hmm. and on the other hand, like you said, there are people like Yashasvi, there are people like Sarfraz who have been knocking on the door in the recent past, yeah, and they have been scoring runs for fun. So, yeah, of course, that is a decision the management has to make. But then, when that when you come to think of that decision, you also think of the experience a person, a batter like Pujara or Kohli bring. Mm-hmm. and considering that experience has spanned for a good part of 10 years mm-hmm. it would it is an advantage to any side and 
for example if you see like i would just give a correlation here mm-hmm. with tennis for example right mm-hmm. if if you see there are players like rafael nadal and novak djokovic who have been playing for more than 20 years mm-hmm. in in the in professional tennis and they still overcome the new players whenever it comes to the crunch moments because of the experience they possess mm-hmm. and a relation to cricket as such if we take pujara's second innings versus sri lanka in 2015 hm in their tour to sri lanka it was it was yeah, something yeah. really great right so it's it's not easy it's not an easy decision to make and i don't think they would also make that decision because for the fact that they have provided so much and they have that experience mm-hmm. they would still it's only right for the management to also persist with them Hmm. but yes there will definitely be talking points and people will continue to talk as to what should be done and if if it goes on for quite a long time then there should be something to be done about it yeah. but having said that it has gone for 3 years and nothing has been done about <laughs> it so so only time will tell but yeah. i do, i personally i don't feel it should be done hmm. because of the experience they possess right i mean in this span we've seen uh, so many selectors come and go we've seen a sting operation we've literally seen everything but not you know the <laughs> nucleus of uh, india's batting chain so this series will really uh, you know give that platform or opportunity to see you know if there is a need to encourage discussions to you know change the batting order or not and uh, <clears throat> another talking point from this test uh, has to be you know the captaincy of steve smith right now when you compare it to rohit uh, steve smith was street smart you know he kept on rotating his fielders he looked to attack you know those close in fielders now uh, india on the other hand uh, had a tough test you know that could be visible with how they lost all their uh, reviews in the first innings uh, while defending uh, that low score of 109 you know you saw slip fielders uh, silly point short leg silly mid off forward short leg and uh, short square leg now steve smith had everything in place right this is especially when uh, lion and coolwell were uh, bowling but on the other hand yeah. when you saw like rohit sharma he just decided to go with like two slips and one close in fielder you know irrespective of the bowler or uh, the way the batter was batting like right handed or left handed and that just show there is some level of complacency and you know confidence ki hey we are still going to win the test now i think this allowed australia to you know score freely they were able to rotate the strike hit boundaries at will as well so if you had to actually compare uh, the two captaincy styles how would you look at it so i think firstly uh, i i mean with regard to smith as captain it was absolutely perfect as i had already mentioned mm-hmm. and especially the fact that he had a leg slip for pujara which has always been pujara's uh weak side to be honest because he always tries to glance the ball mm-hmm. and then also to get in stark while uh while ayer was batting and he was threatening to take the game away from australia mm. uh and he brought in stark and he kept a short mid wicket and that worked perfectly Hmm. so in terms of uh, smith's captain it was to the t and he was perfect but when we compare it to uh, rohit sharma i feel several other factors are also in play because firstly india were bundled out for 109 in the first innings yeah, yeah. on this particular rank turner so as a captain you know 
that the pitch is only going to get tougher while mm -hmm. it, it already is very tough to an extent. And then there's also the possibility of Australia threatening to take the game away with probably a massive lead. Because mm -hmm. even though it's a rank turner, no team is expected to get out for 109, let alone the home side in their mm -hmm. own conditions. Yeah. So considering those two aspects, it becomes as a captain subconsciously you are trying to you, you are not sure whether to go for an extremely aggressive approach or an extremely defensive approach because mm -hmm. in in both ways you can end up scoring you can end up uh, allowing the opposition to get a massive lead in this case mm -hmm. and so like i said like how bat batters have to find a balance between that aggressive and defensive approach mm. i think the captain is also left with the same choice and that he has to find that balance to be able to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I do not see, I don't uh, find fault in Rohit's captaincy as such because in the first two tests, he was captaining very well, in fact. Yeah. So, I think one uh, one loss shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't start criticizing him for his captaincy as such mm -hmm. because, like I said, there were other factors also in play. But yeah, overall... It was still a good job, but of course, Steve Smith was the better captain and that led Australia to win the match as well. Right. And uh, even, you know, as the test match ended in uh, three days, the indoor pitch was uh, rated poor by the ICC. So what are your thoughts on uh, this assessment? Oh, I believe it was the right rating. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, it definitely deserved the poor rating mm -hmm. because no, no pitch should be excessively uh, supportive and advantageous to the bowling to anyone one side. For example, you take the uh, the pitch which Rahul Pindi had offered. Mm -hmm. It was excessively advantageous to the batting team. <laughs> Similarly, yeah, yeah, roads exactly. So, uh, I shouldn't it shouldn't be that advantageous to one particular facet mm -hmm. of the game. But then again, I begin to wonder why the GABA pitch was only given a below average and not a poor rating because exactly. the match got over in two days. Huh. And it's it's not only with spinning condition. If if any pitch for that matter, whether it's excessively spinning or excessively being uh, advantageous to seamers and pacers. So, it should be given a poor rating. And it's not a... It's not conducive for test matches as hmm. such. So, yeah. It, it, I mean, I feel it was the right rating. But even the GABA pitch should have been given the same rating. So, which yeah, which brings into play many questions. Fair enough. And uh, even uh, many people, you know, opined how uh, this test series so far hasn't, uh, you know, been a great endorsement for the longest format of the game. But I don't quite agree with that, you know, irrespective of the low scores, we've still seen how, uh, you know, batsmen have grinded out there and the bowlers have been doing uh, such a great job. So, what are your thoughts on, you know, uh, takes like these? I definitely agree with you. Uh, it it certainly is. Uh, I don't think it's it's a worse series as such. Hmm. Uh, but then I also I don't uh, feel that uh, that matches should get over in two to three days. Yeah, yeah. Because if it does, then it's it is harming the uh, sport at the end of the day. Hmm. So there, like either either there should be a balance in approach as I mentioned earlier or if if there if there's no such uh, balance in approach then 
we can just uh, i mean uh, what i want to say is that in this case considering there are uh, there there was no balance in approach mm-hmm. it just goes to show that huge difference in skill itself mm. for example i mean i agree it was a rank turner in this case but it also proves the fact that countries outside asia are still trying to figure out on how to play spin mm. and they haven't adapted to these pitches as how we have adapted to overseas pitches yeah yeah so that that is one thing which is definitely there to see so although uh people have opined that it's not a great series i still i just feel this series has just shown to the world entirely that there is still a huge difference in skill and countries eventually will have to adapt because i am mm-hmm. sure that we are not going to stop producing such pitches yeah of course we might like it might be like the ones in nagpur or delhi which is comparatively better mm-hmm. and but something like indore will definitely come up here and there and although i do believe it's not the right way to do it mm-hmm. but if they do eventually the teams will have to get adjusted and adapted to it because at the end of the day both teams are being played uh, both teams have the same pitch mm-hmm. it's not like one team is getting a different pitch to bat on yeah and yeah i mean of course the it it comes to it the boiling point it comes to is that there are days the pitch like uh, the match would end in 2 to 3 days and as did this match and the two previous matches as well mm-hmm. but if i have to compare all the three matches then i would pick a pitch like delhi because that was solely a difference in skill mm-hmm. and nagpur for that matter as well you could see that australia were not able to handle uh, even slight spin and they just decided to go with the wrong approach so okay. yeah yeah i mean uh, my next question might be a little off topic as well but i've seen this uh, you know opinion by shared by many former cricketers that you know maybe it's time that we start including overseas players in like ranji trophy and we can have some of our players play in the sheffield shield so you know the players are more acclimatized to the conditions and uh, we see more like fair and level playing uh, contest between the two teams so do you agree that you know it is time for us to experiment with something like that so the players are more uh, familiar with the conditions and we see uh, matches that you know probably extend more than 3 days yes actually i think that's that's a really great suggestion to the sport because uh i think that's the only way it can grow yeah. uh firstly like for two reasons one i don't see pitches that are made in india to be reproduced elsewhere because it's not possible to make such pitches yeah, yeah. because there are several factors in play right the environment conditions as well so mm-hmm. considering that is that is something w- which would not happen they have to like if if the if the sport has to grow in general then yeah that suggestion would be apt and mm. in fact it's already been done in part because indian players do go uh, yeah. for for county stints yeah but the same has not been done the other way around mm. and but also there the, the second aspect which I, what i feel is that ranji trophy primarily has been the development of indian cricketers and to try to get them to the highest stage of the game yeah yeah so considering that i do not see how this plan would work out mm-hmm. but that is something that that is definitely a food for thought because 
if if something of such nature is done in the future then we would be able to like you said we would be able to see better matches in play in india mm-hmm. and better contests between bat and ball as well because at the moment our skill set is miles apart from what australia or any other country for, uh, for that matter have to offer mm-hmm. we are very dominant in that aspect right and uh, maybe you know we can have a lot more a tours and uh, there can be a lot more exposure tours as well that can be uh, probably explored upon by these boards but again that brings in the question of you know how much cricket is too much cricket right because there's already ipl there's so much of franchise cricket happening with the bilateral cricket also happening how do you decide like you know this group is going to go and play in uh, those foreign conditions because then it becomes too much uh, cricket as well right yeah yeah definitely i mean like you said there are there are way too many uh, cricket tournaments happening at the moment yeah and yeah it is you have to take a decision at the end of the day because i feel if if test cricket does not survive then cricket does not survive uh and like you have to keep this sport active you have to keep this format active mm-hmm. and for that certain sacrifices have to be made yeah maybe shorten certain other tournaments for that matter but then again the financials come into play and <laughs> yeah, yeah. we really don't know because at the end of the day although we we say like the true cricket enthusiasts say that test cricket is best cricket mm-hmm. but at the end of the day uh best cricket for for the country or for the boards is what gives them the most money, money. yeah right mm-hmm. and in our in our case it would of course be the ipl yeah and they would of course not sacrifice the ipl over anything and sure i mean that is a good point to make because uh they are getting a lot of revenue and with that revenue they are able to develop more facilities and improve the improve the infrastructure and facilities as well so it's good in a way but you have to keep this format alive and well and i if, in fact to uh, come to think about it i do not see any other way as the one you had suggested mm-hmm. uh for test cricket in india especially to grow, grow because the big 3 uh that's england australia and india. india whereas england and australia have so many crowds for each and every match mm-hmm. yes that's the case in india as well but then with only 2 to 3 days mm-hmm. uh in play it it really is sad to see that yeah. you don't get to utilize of the entirety of the uh, test match hmm. that is uh, certainly you know a tricky one and uh, perhaps <laughs> a whole podcast episode can be dedicated to that as well but yeah. uh, you know uh, in focus is again team india now they have everything at stake you know in this fourth test at uh, ahmedabad now india will have to win this test right this is to increase their uh, chances of qualification for the world test championship final because otherwise you know you'd have to rely on other results to see uh, how far we'd go now uh, what does this lot loss you know mean for india's uh, world test championship prospects even from a macro perspective and uh, australia has already made it to the final so how is it all you know panning out um i think their mindset would still remain the same and their approach um of course will have to change to an extent as mm-hmm. i had said the balance between the uh, yeah. aggressive and defensive approach so other than that i mean the mindset to win of course would would not change from any team mm-hmm. and how they had approached 
the bowling would definitely certainly not change and yeah. in fact if anything has to change it has to be the middle order right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's a uh, change yeah so that that approach will have to change to an extent but i don't see any changes being made to the lineup as such because this is something they have stuck with and they would not make a huge change it would not i, I don't think it would bode well with the entire team mm-hmm. to be honest it they would they would continue to play the same team and just minute approach changes here and there to be able to win the match and seal the place in the world, world test championship final but it shouldn't be playing on their mind because yeah they would still want to win the series although they have retained the trophy mm-hmm. of course any team would want to win the series and to take the trophy home so that would be their first primary approach and then they would focus on the world test championship final absolutely ending the series on the high is the goal you know considering you're playing for pride you're playing at home in front of your crowds so you know ending it to uh, right. all would uh, certainly not be ideal and with the world test championship final also looming there coming up in every single discussion forum uh, let's just hope you know uh, india can let go of the horrors of this test and uh, come fresh you know for this uh, fourth test and uh, you know as we near the yeah. end of our uh, discussion here do you have you know uh, any final thoughts or a message for our listeners uh yeah i mean before that i just wanted to say let let's also hope we get a normal wicket in ahmedabad and not a rank turner <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah i uh final thoughts i believe i i still believe test cricket will not fade away that easily yes Be- uh with the introduction of the world test championship it has provided the much needed life and uh something for the teams to fight for yeah for example this border crosser trophy itself as you said there's a lot of lot in stake for team india hmm. uh so definitely they will not i mean like, although i had mentioned that it would not be something on their mind it it would of course be something at the yeah, back yeah. of their mind hmm. right so so there is something to fight for with this world test championship and uh yeah so it i feel it will not go away that easily and as for the border gascor trophy we are finally getting to uh, witness a five match series after this one mm-hmm. so that is truly going to be an exciting prospect and would be nothing short of a thrilling contest absolutely and you know even going ahead to this fourth test irrespective of india or australia winning i hope you know we get to see some good uh, quality cricket that <laughs> that spans for five days and not three days yeah. as has been the trend uh, so far in the series and uh, on that note thank you so much suraj for joining me on the podcast and for sharing some uh, remarkable insights he was hoping you know i can have you back on the podcast again and uh, until next time take care and bye definitely thank you bye cheers so much listeners for tuning into this episode and for your unstinted support throughout please follow and press the bell icon on spotify and subscribe to the podcast on google podcasts for the latest episode updates and stay tuned do check out at the rate never in the backfoot on instagram and at the rate never in the back one on twitter for the latest facts terminology retweets fresh tweets and a lot more that's coming up this cricket season just for you the podcast is also available on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify anchor overcast and a lot of other platforms so please do spread the word until next time stay safe and take care listeners bye for now